What's going on gamers? Welcome back to The Graveyard. I'm The Graveyard Gamer and thank you for joining me for this Graveyard Retro Review of Yakuza 3. Now, gamers, Yakuza 3 is part of the HD remaster of Yakuza 3, 4, and 5. And if you've been following the show, you know that I kind of fell in love with Yakuza a couple years ago. I got into Zero. I got into Kiwami. Absolutely blew my mind with how much I loved Kiwami 2. I've played Yakuza 6 and I've even played Judgment. So I really wanted to get in there and get that piece of Kiru's adventure that I missed in 3, 4, and 5. I'm finally starting that journey. And I've got to tell you, I want to put this out there. This is a retro review, and the reason I'm doing a retro review, even though if you follow along with this game's journey, this remaster collection actually started coming out in 2019. It started as digital-only type deals, and then you can get the physical copy in February of 2020. At that same time, it was also ported over to Xbox and PC. But the reason this is going to be a retro review and not a full review is I do full reviews for my PS5 and PS4 games. However, PS3 and earlier, those actually get retro reviews. And when it comes to a remaster, it kind of puts it in a weird uh, position depending on how much of a remastered effort went into it or if it is just like hey we want to spruce it up for this console so whereas the Kwamis are full-on remakes made for the PS4 uh, this one is not this is a PS3 game and it's just remastered meaning it's got some better looking graphics they've kind of tightened up a few things and whatnot so that is why I'm going to consider this game is a retro review it, it doesn't really meet the qualifications of being something that has been made from the ground up for ps4 and other consoles so with that being said i'm excited to break down what i actually really did love about this game i got a few things that i think they should have changed a little bit and maybe like hey this is how they could have done that but i'm excited about this game i'm excited to talk to you about it and overall i am very glad that i decided to just go back to yakuza 3 because let me just say this a lot of people before i started consider this like the red-headed stepchild of the Yakuza family, but I enjoyed my time here. So let's jump in and let's talk about what all I loved about Yakuza 3. Alright gamers, so let's start off with the graphics first, because that's the first thing you're going to see in this game, and I have to tell you, this game originally came out in 2009, obviously it's been remastered, but just looking at the style that they went with, this is still a good looking game. I mean, granted, it's not going to win any visuals of the year award coming out in 2020 or 2019 but I, I will say that they've done enough sprucing up that all the character designs look really good in fact i think the only time i ever stopped and went ah that still kind of looks ps3 was actually of all places the final cutscene of the game it looked like that was the one that they go oh we didn't spruce that up a little bit but for the most part i mean it looks really good i mean yes it's not on par with the kiwami remakes but it is definitely a good looking game in all honesty, the character models and stuff, they look really good. Uh, you can definitely tell there's been some 1080 love to this. I mean, they definitely look better than what you would have seen on a PS3. You can tell, obviously, with the animations that this was a PS3 game. The one thing that I will point out that I go, okay, yep, that is definitely 2009, is the way the clothes fit on everybody. It looks like everybody's wearing shoulder pads. Everybody's wearing a jacket and shirt that's just a little too big for them. But other than that, I just think the graphics actually are really well done in this game. In fact, sometimes when they zoom in or they get close up on Kiru, you can actually see his pores and stuff. And I think that's pretty dang impressive. When you get to see it into street battles and whatnot, you get into different fights, you can actually see the blood come off and it'll start going up Kiru's arm and splattering everywhere. Like, I mean, they've done some really good stuff here. I haven't seen what it looks like on the PS3 if you just kind of play it on that. But I think looking at the PS4 version, I'm going, wow. Like... 
this is actually really impressive. And the cool thing about this game is originally the original Yakuza 1, the original Yakuza 2, they were very segmented in a way. Like it had fixed cameras. You know, when you went to one area or one street, it was just a certain set camera in that area. Yakuza 3 was the first one to really go open world. So if you've jumped into Zero, Kiwami, or Kiwami 2, you're kind of experiencing what was built off of Yakuza 3. And I think it all looks good here. So, I, you know, that part of it, I was kind of curious how it was going to look. Was it going to be weird transitions? But no, it is exactly what I'm used to in a Yakuza game. So I uh, definitely enjoy what they went with with this. And I will admit, some of the pictures of food and ice cream in this game makes you go, dang, that actually looks good. So a little bit of a draw distance here and there I've noticed every once in a while. Not really a lot of popping, but you don't really see a lot till you get closer and then it becomes clearer and clearer. But for the most part, you should not have any issues with the graphics in this game. So gamers, let's talk about story. And I have to tell you, story is the one thing that will suck you in to the Yakuza games. Because ultimately, they do really well with taking something small in some games and turning it into this massive unraveling conspiracy theory major plot. Or they do something like this, where you start off with something that seems like, okay, this is going to be a big deal. And you realize just how far that rabbit hole goes. And in this game, I actually really enjoy it. So it's going to pick up a little bit after Kiwami too. In fact, you're going to say goodbye to some people that Kiru has known, and you're actually going to take your adopted daughter, Huriku, and you're going to go to Okinawa, where you start up this orphanage. If you guys have followed any of these games, you know that Kiru started off as an orphan, and he wants to do that. That's his whole plan at the end of Kiwami too. He's going to go, he's going to start this orphanage, and that's what you do. Now, some people have not liked it because the first couple hours of the game can be a little bit slow because you are dealing with being Uncle Kaz, if you will, where you're taking care of these kids and you're running this orphanage. Personally, I liked it. I thought it was really cool to see Kiru in that environment, running the orphanage the way he is, kind of taking care of. You have a whole group of kids. And I just, I enjoyed that. It doesn't feel like little mini fetch quests or anything like that. It just feels like you're getting to know this character and what he likes. I love that you're seeing Hiroku kind of grow into her role. And we know that by the time Yakuza 6 comes along, she's a young woman. And it's just kind of cool to just to see this dynamic between them two go along. Now, what is ultimately going to happen before you get into the real crazy twists and turns is in Okinawa, you're going to run into a new family, a new Yakuza family, if you will, and they're going to want to take your property from you. They're trying to make this massive land deal. However, what starts off as a little bit of animosity becomes a great partnership with Kiru and this family because of the fact that he's going to help them out. And then things are going to go crazy about a year later. All of a sudden, somebody who it just can't be, it looks like your adoptive father, the guy that raised you, that brought you in to the Yakuza, is taking out your allies, your ally in Okinawa, Chairman Diego, who you've set up to be the head of the Tojiga clan. It looks like he's just taking them out. And you're going, what in the crap is going on? This mystery just gets crazier and crazier and I loved it. I have to say right now, I was talking to Hulk and Yoda over at Lost at Sea Gaming, a great gaming podcast right here on Anchor, about how much I loved this story. For me, my favorite one is still probably going to be Kiwami 2 because I love the villain. But this one had probably the greatest story from the beginning to end that you're just like, man, there's so many twists and turns. But on top of that, they all make sense. Nothing seems out of there. And man, when you really find out who the major villain is and you really start to get to know him, you're like, man, this guy is psychotic. Like this guy is almost scary with the way he is. He reminded me of American Psycho, Christian Bell's character in that movie and just how like 
he's just justified in what he does and he's just out there that's how i felt about this character but i loved it it was so interesting and i have to say that as far as story goes you go through all these twists and turns and you start figuring things out then you get to chapter 11 man there were two moments one moment that i saw something i literally just sat there and said holy crap and then that wasn't even it you get to the end of that chapter and i was like oh no did they really just do that like i was just i was shocked but it's those moments that you don't feel mad about you're just going oh man like you writers got a genuine reaction from me because of how well you've carried this plot up until this with these different characters then you get to chapter 12 and i gotta tell you i was blown away you get to that final cutscene. yeah i'm talking about the one that i said in the graphics was like hey i don't think they sprung this up a little bit but I sat there, and when it faded to black for those credits to roll, I was like, oh my god, I have got to start Yakuza 4 right away. I mean, like, that's just how it ends, where you're like, this is insane. Are they seriously ending it this way? Oh, like, oh man, it was nuts. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, if I didn't have the collection, and I was playing back in 2009, I'd probably been ripping my hair out, like, no, you can't end it like this, you can't end it like this. Like, that's just how great of an ending it was. Now, I will tell you this, there is a post credit scene. And in my opinion, it does kind of alleviate some of the final cutscene to where it's almost not as like, oh, I got to start Yakuza 4 right away. But it is still absolutely just a fantastic story. Like I said, I mean, Kiwami 2, I, I, you know, I have to bring that up. I have to say it's on this high pedestal for me. But this one is like right there with it. I just, I absolutely love what they've done with the story and the characters and what sets up for the way that the story is going to keep unfolding. So gamers, let's get into the gameplay of Yakuza 3. And I have to tell you this, it is basically just like any of Yakuza you've probably played. It's third person, you're going to be running around in Kamarocho, and you're also going to get into Okinawa, and you're also just going to be kind of doing the normal things. You're going to be buying drinks and different healing items from shops. You're going to be buying food from different places. You're going to be going to different markers on the map to start different stories. All that fun stuff you know in most open world or semi-open world games, especially, again, if you've played these games. I absolutely love a lot of what they've done here. I love when the fighting in this series is down to just really one fighting style that you just unlock moves. Now, I will say I don't feel like I unlocked a ton of moves in this game. I will say that the upgrade system is not bad. You're going to be getting a lot of experience points for a lot of things you do. Uh, and I, I did see the marked difference between the beginning of the game and the end of the game with Kiru. I just did feel like some other ones in the games have done a better job of giving you different moves for different situations, whether it's enemies with different weapons and whatnot. However, let me just say that as far as that goes, the best upgrade that you definitely want to get is when you're dealing with enemies with guns, you can run up if you got your heat move up and you just knock the gun out of their hand. I love that. It came in very handy toward the end of the game. But... As far as it goes with the fighting, I thought the fighting was really well done. Whether you're in a mission or you're in a street brawl that you'll get into a good bit of the game, I felt it was handled very well. There is a catch, though. They're going to block a lot in this game. And for the most part, I didn't have too much of a problem when it came to street brawls. I didn't have it too much when you're just fighting enemies in the actual game world, though. Sometimes it borderline was like, man, I, I wish they would just let me have a move to break that. I never, and that's what I'm saying with the upgrade system, I, I never felt like I got that move to break somebody's defense but where that really is going to kick you in the butt is when it comes to the boss fights because the boss fights will stay in a block move the entire time and you might get lucky if you get like one or two hits and run off and hit one or two more 
Now, I did find toward the end of the game that if you really just kind of work the dodge button a little bit and kind of learn their combos, it would open you up to either get them from behind and actually get in a good couple hits or just allow you to move out of the main attack and then follow up with two. So there was some strategy that you could use, but ultimately I would have loved to have seen being able to break their guard or make them, you know, just kind of not block as much. I think that would have went a long way. However, let me just say that uh, I thought the main mission structure is not bad. Now, in this game, it's a little bit different. Like, at one point, I even told Hulk and Yoda, like, this might be the shortest Yakuza game ever. Now, at the end of the day, I ended up spending about 40 hours. And about 30 hours was just playing through the story and whatnot. So, it is not the shortest one. Or if it is, it's, you know, not by much. But I thought there was actually a lot of chapters that the game would start up. You would be somewhere. You would talk to somebody. You would run across to wherever you had to go to start the you know, that mission or whatever up, and maybe you'd get into a couple fights along the way, maybe you'd get there and fight one person, maybe two people, and then there'd be a long cutscene, and next thing you know, you're in the next chapter, and that's why I felt like it moved so quickly, but for the most part, when you're in there and you're fighting, I mean, it's, yeah, because it's about brawling, that's what you're going to be doing, uh, I thought they all worked well, again, what you're doing in the mission works really well for the story being told, and I will point this out, because in the past, I have had an issue with enemies with guns, man, that upgrade is so great that I was talking about to knock the guns out of their hands because when you get to the final missions, just be prepared, there's a lot of enemies with guns, but if you have that upgrade, that allows you to get that gun and then you to do damage. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have a problem in those last few areas. I thought the last two chapters were really well done, missions and all that. Like I said, a lot of enemies with guns, but that upgrade helps even the field, allows you to get your hands on some weapons and do some damage. So all of that was great. Now there is a weapon vendor in this game that you can go and buy different weapons. They can be kind of expensive and ultimately, you know, the weapons in this game you only get for so long and then they run out of usefulness. Well, you can go back and get recharged from him. However, that I felt like you paid a lot to get recharged and it wouldn't be as much. So for example, if you had nunchucks and you used them all. When you went back and recharged, he may only give you like half of what you originally had. So you'd spend a lot and really not get to use it that long. I actually just felt it was best to just buy new weapons if you wanted that. Or ultimately, I really didn't buy a lot. I would usually get the weapons from the enemies in missions when they would drop them and I would pick them up and I would use them that way. You can also craft new weapons in this game. However, I only crafted one weapon and that was an upgrade to the nunchucks. To be honest with you, it took a lot of items to do that and it was very expensive and again I didn't feel like at the end of the day it was really worth it when all, all came down to it. But let's talk about some of the fun stuff you can do in this game. Man you can do karaoke. Karaoke's a blast and I'm going to tell you something. If you ever have to hit the triangle button or I'd imagine why on the Xbox you'll actually hear Kiru sing a little bit and man it just cracked me up every time especially if you'd have to hit it a couple times in a row. There's baseball. It's a staple in this series, and I enjoy that. I think they have a pretty cool little baseball mini game. There's darts. There's pool. There's bowling. There's the UFO catcher in the arcade that's got a ton of games to play. And, of course, there are sub-stories. I have to say that this was a really cool set of sub-stories. I did 50 of them. I think there's about 115 of them. But they run the gauntlet from being just, you know, very quick or more in-depth. Some are super silly. Some are just really well done and kind of a mystery couple of standouts was one a lady kept saying she had a peeping tom and you had to keep looking at people around her the very first thing you see is a guy hanging out of a window in just his underwear i won't ruin it for you but oh man just that sight cracked me up but it was really cool because post game you deal with some kind of more 
personal ones with your good friend Dante, the former police detective that is now a journalist, and him dealing with the love that he has. That I actually thought it was really well done. It kind of worked a cool little relationship for him, and you're helping him out. But it was actually very complex and very deep, and involving a former serial killer and stuff. So that was awesome. Then your good friends who run the Stardust Lounge, they actually need your help post-game. And again, it was just another one of those sub-stories that's like, man, this was really well done. Like, they found a great way with sub-stories to add some levity, to have some fun, some humor. But at the same time, they've also found a way to do sub-stories that allows something that would probably drag down the main quest line. But here, it actually works as like a fun side thing. So definitely check out the sub-stories. I always enjoy them in this series. This game is no different. However, there is one thing that I will point out, and that is the street battles. And you know what? While I was actually playing the game, and I was still engaged in the story, they didn't bother me at all. You know, you get into them, you get into a few, you can get a photo that will cause more of them. You know, because they do help out with you raising money, getting items, and also experience. However, in post-game, See, in this game, if you've never beaten a Yakuza game, when you beat the game, you transfer your save into what they call the premium adventure mode. And premium adventure mode just basically means at that point, you know, you're free reign. You can go anywhere you want to go. You can, it's just open world, essentially. Like, there's no main story. You can do all the sub stories. You can change Kiru's outfit. In this game, you can actually change a couple of your companion's outfit as well. Uh, change time of day because that does affect when certain sub stories are available. But I did feel like there was way more street battles in the game in premium adventure and i'm not quite sure why ultimately with all the different options premium adventure allows you to do i wish they would give you an option to toggle do you want the same amount of street fights more or none because i'm not gonna lie i would probably cut it down to none because post game i completed a good bit of sub stories i completed a good bit of stuff so i was just trying to get to that number 50 sub stories and do a few of the miscellaneous trophies and just try a few extra things out so it felt really annoying when I'd go from street to street and every time I would turn the corner, somebody would be chasing after me. And if you've never played one of these games, you can't deny a fight. Unless you can just run away from it. But most of the time, if they even get in the vicinity, it stops you and you're going to get into a battle. So I do wish you could cut those off just because that got annoying, honestly. Like, hey man, cool, there's the next sub store. I need to do that. And oh great, this guy wants to fight now. So I never felt that challenging at the end or anything with that. I didn't need the money. I didn't need the experience. But again, I'm having to stop to take care of them. So I think that option would have went a very long way. But other than that, gameplay-wise, like I said, other than the blocking and maybe the overindulgence at the end of Street Fights and Premium Adventure Mode, I had no problem with the gameplay in this game. So gamers, let's talk about trophy and let's talk about fun factor. When it comes to trophies, this is actually a pretty cool list. I don't think it's a platinum chase for me, honestly, because one, you do have to play through the game again to play through it on Legendary to get that trophy so you can get a platinum. At the same time, there's a lot of trophies that I would call them luck or by chance. For example, playing pool to on the break get the nine ball to go into the pocket. I got to be honest with you. I tried over and over again. Never even got close to that. Uh, there's one for like darts to get a hat trick, getting three bullseyes in a row again. It, it, yes, there is some skill to that, but it's also really a lot to do with chance and luck. So there's actually a decent amount of those, but there's also some for just getting different set amounts of sub-stories completed. Doing different mini-games, whether it be karaoke or the massage thing. Going out to the arcade and playing different arcade games and getting the high score and stuff. So there's a lot in there. And then, of course, each level, for the most part, will give you a trophy once you complete it or get into a major battle. So 
I thought it was a pretty good list of trophies. You can walk away going, cool, man. This game's trophies got me to play more than I would have. Maybe I didn't get all of them, but I felt pretty good about it. So I like any game that the trophies, when you get done with, you go, well, you know what? I probably wouldn't have done the massage game, but because there was a trophy, I experimented with it. So definitely cool stuff. As far as fun factor, gamers, you should probably be able to tell from the way I've been talking about it. I've absolutely loved this game. It's right there for me. It ranks right behind Kiwami 2 as my list of like favorite Yakuza games, which absolutely makes me look forward to starting Yakuza 4 in the very near future. Gamers, it's time for that final review. Now, like I said, this is a retro review, so it gets to relive, meaning go out and play it as soon as you can. Or remember going, you know what? Nostalgia can be a tough thing. This is probably a game to read up on, watch some videos of. But in 2021, it just doesn't hold up anymore. Now, again, it doesn't mean that it's not a good game. It just means that trying to play it now, it's not going to be as fun. There's just been way too many advances to gaming that this game just doesn't embrace. It's, it's just too set back in the day. For me, though, this game is 100% a relive. If you have the opportunity to pick up the HD collection, I highly, highly recommend you playing it. Uh, it's fantastic. Yes, if you're going from Yakuza Kwame 2 or even Yakuza 6, this is a big step back in certain things that are offered in those games. However, I do not in any way, shape, or form think that you're going to feel disappointed. In fact, I honestly think that if you play Zero or Kwame 1, I think this game fits right in because it's just very much the engine and the gameplay and everything that went into those games as well. So with that being said, I can't scream it enough. This is a relive. But you know what, gamers? I would love to know your thoughts on it. How much did you love Yakuza 3? Are you somebody that feels that this is like the worst of it? And maybe you'll reach out and tell me why I'm wrong or why I'm right. I'd love to know. You can reach me at thegraveyardgamer at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at thegraveyardgamer or find me on Twitter at thegraveyardg. Till next time, I'll be creeping on the graveyard. Yeah.